This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company, and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through Real Estate Agents I Trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Best and brightest of the Blaze Radio Network. The court of truth is now in session. Have you business before the court of truth? If so, draw nigh and ye shall be heard. Excelsior. Welcome back, my radio family, my partners, my dear friends, and you are. This is the Blaze Radio Network, and we together are, for the next two hours, the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 It's the Jaily News, an American tragic comedy of two acts every day. Act one. What's today's show about? Answer. The same thing I hope every show, well, we know. Every show has been about every day. During the period of peak interest in the Civic Circus Maximus. And what's that about? It's about a poll question that we didn't know about and a poll answer we didn't know about until today, although we really knew about it all along. And it seems instinctively, so did all Americans, whichever side or sides they're on. Perhaps you've heard about it. I hope you haven't, because it gives me the moment of my second greatest joy in life to be able to deliver you news and insights into things with which you are as yet uh, unacquainted. And I know with you it's very tough. It's very tough to deliver this audience something they don't already know about or haven't thought about. And this could, by virtue of the fact that you must work every day for a living and you pay me to do this, I have a built-in advantage, right? Well, here this could be one of those things, maybe not. Here's the poll question. Do you agree or disagree with the following statement? America 
has lost its identity, end quote. Do you agree or disagree with the following statement? Quote, America has lost her identity, end quote. A majority of Americans agree with that, and that ought to break your heart, as it does mine. Now, there's always reason for optimism because we are the Viking army leading the change. And we might have slightly more ruth than the non-Viking armies, but change we shall. By the way, the breakdown in three categories you will find of interest in that poll response. Who says America has lost her identity? Which really means mojo. Right? I mean, USA's lost her mojo. I know, that's not what they asked. They asked, did America lose her identity? So that's just my uh, sub translation of it. But did America lose her identity? Get this. Agree with that statement of people who describe themselves or as Republicans or conservatives. 80% of your fellow citizens who regard themselves as Republican or conservative, agree. 80%, 8 America's lost her identity. Now, that alone, that alone is a headline and a story. But it lacks an important dimension, and that is what the, the one you're already wondering, if you don't know this uh, story. Well, but what did liberals say? Because if 80% of Republicans and conservatives said America's lost her identity, well, what did what did the other, they're not equal, of course, in number, but that doesn't matter anymore, does it? Because, you know, we, we call ourselves lots of things, and yet our elections come down to 1% or 2%. I mean, how could Bernie Sanders be a candidate in this race? How could Hillary Clinton be still, right now at this moment, the most likely next president of the United States. How, how is that possible? Well, it's possible because even though we may claim to be, obviously a lot of people who claim to be Republican or Democrat, ain't, uh, or Republican or conservative, ain't. They're, they're, they, they, they may be philosophically such, but they sure ain't behaviorally such. In any case... 80% of Republic, self-ID Republicans, conservatives, say America's lost her identity. Democrats? Liberals? Self-identified? 30%. 30%. The two things, it seems to me, to be taken from that stunning, that stunning disparity in numbers is, number one, the disparity, stunning disparity in numbers that, uh, the, uh, the, the, that arguably the f- most fundamental question about us as a people, such as, have we lost our identity or are we, are we, okay, are we okay? We okay or are we not okay? 80% of us say we're not okay. 
But another large group of us, only 30% think we're not okay. A a 50% difference. And the second thing, which is related to the first thing, is how is that possible? How could, and naturally from my perspective, and maybe yours, how is it possible that Democrats and liberals, that only one out of three of them think that America's lost her mojo or her identity. Isn't this plain? Isn't this self-evident? How is that possible? And I'm sure that liberals and Democrats are asking the same question. How could those nutters, quote-unquote, on the right, how could eight out of ten of them think that America has lost her identity? Looks fine to me. Everything looks good to me. And parenthetically, we'll look a lot better when we have eight more years of a communist as president, which we're guaranteed no matter which of our nominees is elected. I don't know. I don't know. Today is less super than widely believed to be Tuesday. Less super than widely believed to be Tuesday. The definition of which is that Cruz is favored in Wisconsin, 42 delegates, not winner take all. These are proportional reward delegates, but the first of several states that do so in a comparatively queer manner. No, I don't mean the village people uh, award delegates. I mean that... 17 or 18 of the 42 delegates are awarded based on the outcome. And so it's it's proportional. So forget about 42. I mean, that's the number of Republican delegates at stake. But put that number aside because there's a big asterisk there. So put aside 42. Think of 18. 18 what's at play when the returns come in tonight. If you win 60% of the vote, you're going to win 60% of 18. If you win 40% of the vote, you're going to win 40% of 18. If you win 23% of the vote, that's my number, just picked out of thin air for Kasich. If you win 23, Kasich, I bet my house, Kasich's going to end up with between uh, 19 and 23% of the vote. I'm picking 23 it's like the numbers. The number I'm going to play tonight is 23 for Casey. He gets 23%, not 23% of 42, 23% of 18. And then all of the rest, the, the strong majority of the delegates, are proportionally awarded only by congressional district. So you say, well, wait, isn't that the same thing? It ought to be. It kind of ought to be. Those better versed in statistics than than myself, which would be everyone can figure out that it probably is likely statistically the same thing. But that's likely statistically. That ain't so. What is so is that the others will be awarded the other 30, 30, 48, the other 24, the other 24 will be awarded according to congressional district. And you say, well, if you win 
shouldn't you win kind of average across the state by congressional district? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Average, yeah. Statistically, yeah. But it ain't necessarily so. The basis of tonight's superness, to the degree there is superness, is that if Trump does better than expected, it's absolutely going to revive. Well, I don't have time for this right now. Hang with me a minute, and I'll tell you what tomorrow's headlines are going to be. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The founder of this company, 10 years ago, was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this, uh, this company, he's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company. And it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is, their word is their bond. And they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country. And they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already, you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Real estate agents, I trust.com. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. With, and I would argue appropriately, the best and brightest in all of radio, you. 1 888 900 3393 via Twitter at J underscore Severin. Now, I do plan to talk about, to, to discuss with you yesterday's, what I think is widely viewed as, as the thesis of yesterday's show, which is based on my mail and other reactions and discussions. I think is widely uh, thought of by by those of us in the firm as Jay's proposal for Carly Simon, no wait, Carly Fiorina uh, to be the Republican nominee. Now, you'll notice among my other most charming traits, putting aside humility for the moment, uh, would be that I never say, I told you so, or, and these are not related. I mean, I told you so, nor do I ever say you're wrong. I always assume that I failed to articulate my point adequately. The audience is never wrong. You know, like the customer is always right. You are, and you're not, as I've just you know said. So yesterday, though, I must have widely failed to articulate my point adequately because yesterday I did not if someone said to me last night you remember that show you did the thesis of which was Carly Fiorina either ought to be or probably will be the nominee at the convention I'd say no I don't remember that show in fact I've never done such a show 
I'd be telling the truth because I've never done such a show. The show that we did principally yesterday, I don't argue that that was a principal topic of conversation, but it was neither a, a, a prediction nor an endorsement. It, it was just a playing out of the question we ought to all be asking ourselves. And, and I'm going to continue right now and discuss Wisconsin, like what's happening today. But as of several weeks ago, when, when the best and brightest first raised this, of anybody nationally, uh, and that is the Project 1236, the convention, this is the question, we, we, the, the framework of which we ought never lose sight. And we ought to be asking ourselves every time we hear any piece of news about anything remotely political on the Republican side, well, on both sides, really, but on the Republican side, we ought to be asking ourselves this. Why did the Republican Party hope for a brokered convention? Why did, long before it necessitated mention, why did, because you know in life and in politics, you don't bring up something that you hope will never come up. If it, wa- if it, it, if it were among the ambitions of the leadership of the Republican Party that no open convention occur, why would they talk about it starting weeks ago? Why is the chairman of the Republican Party openly claiming there's going to be an open convention? Why is the head of the Republican Party and all of the paid minions of the establishment, the Karl Roves of the world? I'm not knocking Karl. He's a brilliant guy. Uh, I don't dislike him. Uh, we don't have any relationship. That's, I, I, but I'm not criticizing him. I just want to say I, but. Why are the people who, uh, you know, in that camp, why are they talking in advance so avidly about something, what, they don't want? Do you have an impression that Reince Priebus or Karl Rove or the Democrats don't want an open Republican convention? Why are they saying it? Why are they planning for it? Why are they changing the rules to make it, to choreograph it before it's even happened. Why? There has to be a why, right? Now, I don't know if it's the why that I'm conjuring or insinuating. I don't know if it's the why that you might be insinuating. That's why we need to discuss it. But it must be considered. It must be discussed. Because no party wants an open convention if they can avoid one. Now, by definition of what a political party is, no party wants an open convention unless they do. And if they do, and the Republicans do, why? Why do they want an open convention? We have known the answer, you and I, since long before... The party wanted to be accused of it 
or have anyone else even whisper it. We were discussing it here months before they let the word cross their lips. Why? Why? And we know why. Because months ago, they knew that the leaders at this point would overwhelmingly likely be Trump or Cruz or Cruz or Trump. Admittedly, had things gone differently, but they would have had to go a lot differently in retrospect. You might have had Rubio in there. But really, when you look at it, Rubio was a flop. A lot of us like him. A lot of us think he's got a future. A lot of yada, yada, yada. But the fact is, he got shite beat. I mean, he got beat like a snare drum. He didn't come close to winning anything anywhere, anytime for anybody, including himself. He was a flop. He was a very nice young fellow. Nice young man, but an utter flop at doing what you need to do if you're a politician, which is win. In any case, why? 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 Why does Wisconsin matter? Does Wisconsin matter? Does Wisconsin matter? If you're going to have a brokered convention that the party wants, how much does any given state matter? Because the Republican Party wants and is damned well going to have itself a brokered convention so that they can reject both Cruz and Trump. They fear Cruz more than Trump, but they hate them both. That's why they want an open convention. Why? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. And my partners on the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. Just like yesterday's was not a show, the thesis of which was Carly Fiorina ought to be or is going to be on the ticket. Today's show is not Wisconsin Doesn't Matter. So far, it's Wisconsin constitutes less of a Super Tuesday than widely perceived because too few people are fitting it into the puzzle, which is dominated by the convention. However, Wisconsin today, tonight, the results, which I can't wait for tomorrow, for our show tomorrow, it, it could matter greatly. It could be super duper Pooper Scooper Tuesday. I mean, it could matter enormously. It's the it's one of the only things left that could completely upend all of this. Unfortunately, on the one side, say for Ted Cruz, well, there are three possibilities that are super duper pooper scooper. One is that Kasich wins. Be like the this end of the world stuff. Cats sleeping with dogs, you know. Uh, Hillary Clinton telling the truth. It's okay. End of the world stuff. Kasich wins. Second scenario. 
uh, Cruz wins 100% of the vote in Wisconsin. Almost, almost. Same uh, category. Uh, third possibility in the cataclysmic uh, category, Trump sweeps in Wisconsin, which could be, not mathematically, but in every other respect, the end of Ted Cruz. So please do not get me wrong. It could be an extremely Super Tuesday. I just expect that in the end, it will be significant, but not super duper, super duper, pooper, scooper Tuesday. Which, with apologies for not providing the prophylactic of some more elegant segue, I welcome back a senior partner to the show, Frank from Pennsylvania. Frank! Veritas. Veritas. Veritas, sir. Hey, um, I was I was I was chatting with Rocky. I, I think uh, I could vote for Carly without holding my nose, without a whole lot of argument. But I was we were we got into talking about VP choices, and and he thinks that Cruz would be uh, great on top of that ticket, but he doesn't like on the bottom. And I think that it doesn't matter what we want because if it's in a convention. I think they'll do what they did with Reagan and and make him take somebody who's establishment. And unfortunately, I think probably my prediction is that they'll foist off Bush just like they did on Reagan. And we'll have Jeb repeating in his father's footsteps coming into office on somebody else's coattails. As VP, you're saying? As VP on a Carly ticket. If she gets the nom at a brokered convention as a compromised candidate, I think they'll put Bush on and repeat history, and we'll be stuck with another Bushy. I, I apologize to you for not being better prepared to respond to this. I'm just not prepared for, at this moment, to, to offer consider another a, Bush ever getting in office? <laughs> well, <laughs> that, and I don't know if... Heb, heb, I don't know if Hep would ever be willing to accept the number two spot. Um, oh, I, I, do- I think so. Okay, maybe, maybe. No, I really, I mean that I'm not. You know, when I say I'm not sure, I, I don't. I'm not being. I I don't deal in euphemism. When I say I'm not sure, I just mean I'm not sure. It's a good point, but I'm I'm not persuaded that he would take number two. But you might well be right. Inasmuch as you revisit into evidence, Carly, which gives me the right to cross, uh, I just want to say what yesterday was vis-a-vis Carly was not about Carly. It was not about Carly at all. It was only about, I mean, it was about her to the extent that she may mistakenly, coincidentally, cosmically be the answer, or might not be, to the question. Pardon me, pardon me. Just let, Frank, let me finish. She might cosmically, through no fault or doing of her own, uh, essentially, be the answer to the question, okay, if we're making sure, if the reason for this whole deal, the Republican leadership is saying to themselves, if the reason we went through all this trouble is to, A, make sure that it's not Trump or Cruz, B, oh, I'm sorry, Frank, this is... Everyone has to believe me. It's not because I wanted to talk more at this moment, though that's always a suspicion, I realize. And the detectives ought to question me about that motive. But we lost Frank because of a bad line. I'm sure Frank will call back. Uh, I'll finish thusly. 
Carly Fiorina is only cosmically, coincidentally, perhaps the answer to the question, okay, we're going to take care of Trump. We're going to knock him off. We're going to knock Cruz off, which leaves us with one small unanswered question. Who is going to be president? At least in their minds. The answer, I see, I could save them a lot of trouble because every step they take toward a brokered convention and every step within a brokered convention they take further into this morass, the answer is Hillary Clinton. Every day, every step, every utterance of these buttheads who are interfering with the democratic process. They're interfering with the cosmic laws of nature. What movie is that from? Uh, They are interfering with the cosmic laws of nature. Uh, I may have one word wrong there. And nature will not allow it. I mean, it will for a time, but what, what it will give you is Hillary Clinton. So, Again, the only reason Carly came up yesterday was because I mentioned it, and I mentioned it only because I can imagine, it's my job, I sit around and imagine what happens next. Why? Who? And thus doing, I said to myself, self, who would Reince Priebus and the other buttheads think they could throw to the serfs That's you and me. We're at the gates with pitchforks and uh, torches like Pat Buchanan so elegantly uh, pictured it uh, years ago. So the serfs are at the gates. What can they throw us? Who can they throw us that will calm us down? Other than than pieces of eight and pieces of cow and, and, and chickens and things we can go home and immediately eat. The problem is we'll digest that eventually and we'll be back. What is it they can throw us politically that won't make us come back as a riotous mob? You know, you know what I'm saying. Who can they give us that satisfies secretly their needs, whatever they figure them to be, and enough to shut us up? Okay, that's the question. Now the process. Look over the candidates who have already run. Because I think I think that Prince et al. do recognize that they run a very big risk here. I think they're very bravely trying to ignore this. And when they're asked, which has been a scant darn few times, but when they've been asked, do you mean you're going to take someone who has never faced the voters? You see... I happen to know that the polling is through the roof on this. They know this. They know that they can push this only so far. And then they start losing their own core voters. See, they have to worry about Trump voters. When this looks like what it is, a rape, when this looks like the equivalent of sexual assault, when this is forced political assault and battery, and they see that they're if this is what they do or attempt to do, take away the nomination from the persons who competed for it via the democratic process and essentially stand up and say, oh, you're an everyday man and woman, 
but you care enough to actually go to the polls and caucus or vote. The official Republican message to you is screw you. We don't care who you are, what you are, what you did, what you think, or whether you die tomorrow. We're going, this is our party, literally and figuratively. We're going to determine the nominee, not you. And this guy, Butthead here, has already said this on tape. We have it. You know, there's this rumor going around that people decide the candidates. The people don't decide the candidates. We, the party bosses, decide the candidates. You don't think that was some mistake or misspeaking, do you? That's, that's, you know, I lived with these people for 30 years. I'm telling you, that's the catechism. That's what they believe. That's the holy book. And it goes back to why are they interfering with the, the, the primal forces of nature? Why are they upsetting the democratic process? Why are they usurping the people? Why are they taking the risk of the people's wrath if they throw out the top two guys that actual people have actually voted for? Uh, that is to say... Trump and Cruz. That's the answer is because they so fear what Cruz and Trump will do. If either are elected, they're willing to be accused of everything they will certainly and correctly be accused of. That is, they are fascists. They are fascists. The Republican leadership, they are fascistic. And they're willing to face that charge. Why? their jobs, their careers, their expense accounts. We went over all of this. We know why. At this point, it's no longer why. It's that. And that means what's likely to happen. What does that mean? And that means if they're willing to go to all this trouble to make sure that neither uh, Trump nor Cruz get the nomination, surely you know that they have gone way beyond that in their planning sessions. Surely, even if they don't have a name yet, You know they've got names. And all that yesterday's discussion was ever intended to be about was whose name would you put on that list? And the list apparently is Jeb Bush, Mitt Romney, Marco Rubio, John Kasich, and, oh, and probably at the top of all of them, Paul Ryan. Okay? And what I was saying yesterday was, if you give me those five... I would say, without prejudice to any other factor or set of beliefs, including my own, I would sit down and say, look at those five names, look at what people want in this election, look at who would best play against Hillary Clinton, and and by what logic do you not have on that list? Not because I like her. I don't like anybody except you and my family, by what logic, by what electoral strategic logic, if you have a list, why, how, is Carly not at least on the list? Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network.
This is the Jay Severin Show. And these are my partners on the Blaze Radio Network. Of course, about yesterday, I could always have come back today and said, can't you take a joke? But it was no joke. It was an exercise in very sound logic. And I know you know that. Now, by the very same miracles of modern technological science that caused us to lose Frank, Frank has been re-delivered to us. Take two. Frank. Hey, Jay. Uh, I was starting to say, I think that um, Carly has a lot going for her up against Hillary, not just for the woman issue, but because Trump already broke against those rocks, and Cruz would look very uh, ungallant to say anything bad against her because she endorsed him. So it would be a very smart choice. But when you first posed the question and I was on hold to answer, I thought I'm a little more cynical of the, the, the Republican Party, and I thought you were going to say they're going to voice Christie off on us because he can be controlled because he likes to suck up to people with power, and they are people with power. <laughs> And therefore, he could be controlled. Well, he has, well, well said. He, he has a certain but you know dynamic. What, I think of the people who have run. It's a very odd thing. And this could be entirely subjective. I could be totally wrong about this. Tell me what you think. But I think, I think the theory is right. But tell me if you think the conclusion is right. The theory is that some people run and don't win and leave a good to neutral or excellent to neutral taste in your mouth. Other people run, and while you can't exactly put your finger on it sometimes, they leave a neutral to bad taste in your mouth. I think there are a few people like Rubio and, I'll say, Carly, who, again, not everybody loves. And there is that annoying little fact, Frank, that no one voted for them, which, you know, we're always going to hear, right? I mean, everyone's going to say, yeah, they're, they're great. They're great, except... No one voted for them when they had the chance. But I think those are two examples of people that kind of generally left a fairly fairly good taste in they our mouths. They were a lot of people's second choices. Right. That but I don't think Christie was. But I don't think Christie left a good taste. I think Christie, though, was... I was thinking... All right, Frank, I'm sorry. We got trapped by the clock. Come back if you want. You are welcome. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. Best and brightest. Come on. Can't you take a joke? No, that's the joke. I, there, or there was no... Well, there's, there's jokes all the time. But the joke's not the stuff we talk about. I mean, we do hope for cheap laughs. But no, no. I'm never going to come back and say, I was only kidding. I was only kidding. Excelsior! Welcome back, best and brightest in radio, and you are appropriate for moi 
to have as partners. I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network, on less than super, as is widely believed, Tuesday, but still could be super duper pooper scooper Tuesday, depending on the scooper and the pooper, which we don't know yet. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, and via Twitter at j a y underscore Severin. By the way, you are welcome here on the show uh, in any regard, whether you call. Uh, but we're not going to build separate bathrooms for you. I I I, I want your call. Every day at one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three, but legislative decisions to the contrary. I'm not building uh, new radio bathrooms for you. If you remember the village people, and you're uncomfortable with the bathroom choices we have. Now this is not this is not the topic of the hour, unless of course. As I always say and always mean, you make it such. So this is, I don't know, this is out of my control. The boat is always yours to steer. But I think I have a pretty good grasp on you know, what's going to change the direction of the show and what ain't. I don't think this will. But that's entirely up to you. But I just want you to know, I don't care what the legislature says. I'm not building new radio bathrooms for you. We have two choices. You can sit down and pee. You could stand up and pee. You can even do either or both. But I'm not building new radio bathrooms so that my children can watch a member of the village people come in and haul out some kind of unexpected tackle and confuse and horrify them. That's your problem, frankly, and I don't mean to be insensitive. It is a problem, isn't it? But you know what? Not all problems are my problem. Not all problems are our problem. Some problems are your problem. I have a lot of problems. You want to hear them? No, no, you want to be entertained. I want to entertain you. I don't want to tell you my problems, although sometimes I still do. But life's been good to me so far. So, no, I, you, know, you don't want to hear my problems. I'm willing to hear yours. I don't particularly want to, but I will graciously. That's not what we're here for, are we? And when I go to an event and it becomes that time in life and I want to send my, you know, eight-year-old into a bathroom and I say, Daddy, Daddy can't come with you now. This is different. But you did last year. Yeah, that was last year. You were seven. Or, you know, whatever that year is, that you get a feel for it, you know. And you say, well, yeah, you were nine. That's different. But daddy can't go into the ladies' room with you this year. Daddy can't go into the men's room. Mommy can't go into the men's room with you this year. But why? Well, honey, we'll discuss that between the second and third period. For now, Maybe that was a poor choice of sports because of the unintended double entendre. But uh, we'll discuss that later. Uh, I don't want that to be my worry. I paid my money. I'm there for the hockey game and for my family. I don't, 
I'm not I'm not there for a tutorial on genitalia. I don't I didn't vote for that. I don't know how we got started on this. Ty, I'm blaming you. Uh one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. Today is Wisconsin. What does it mean? Does it mean A everything? B something for sure. C only what it means viewed through the convention. And the answer is None of the above. No, the answer is all of the above. No, the answer is C. It really only matters through the prism of the convention. And that is why the Rules Committee, never before mentioned by anybody, any time in my career, (laughs) you know, the Rules Committee? What's that? Who's that? So that you know, it's a body of 122 people chosen from all American states and uh, protectoral territories. Uh, It makes, I believe it numbers 122, and they make up the rules. If you're wondering in relevance or context, the oft-quoted Shakespearean line, first we kill all the lawyers, which means, of course, the opposite of what people who use it think it means, but this is, in any case, on the spectrum, why? No matter what you think it means, this still fits. Why we kill all the lawyers. And you don't, of course, because you can't live without lawyers. You need rules. I'm a big believer in procedure, in rules. Not necessarily following them, but I'm willing to pay the price. I just, but one must have them. And the Republican Party must have them. The Republican Party has decided. And as any other private golf or tennis club, they have decided they need and want rules. And all of those rules are almost certain to change. The ones that matter are almost certain to change. Now, earlier today, just now I said, today is as super duper Tuesday as you want it to be. But really it's... It's only super duper, the results are only as super as viewed through the prism of the convention. And in the first hour of the show today, I, I gave an example of, you know, I just, I, I just raised the specter of the leadership of the party is openly doing something unthinkable four years ago or any time in my lifetime. They're openly talking about brokering a convention even though they have viable candidates on whom people are now voting. Think of that. See, the part of this which astounds me, which is breathtaking, is that they're getting away with this. The the democratic process is underway. Please be seated. Please fasten your seatbelt. We're still taking off. We'll let you know when you can roam about the cabin safely. That moment is not now. When the democratic process is underway, please be seated. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. This is what it was designed to do. Candidates come, candidates go. 
Candidates win, candidates lose. It's called the democratic process. It's underway right now. And one of the two major parties of the United States of America is so panicked about the judgment of us, the judgment of the people. And look, Donald Trump is right now favored to win the Republican nomination. There's no question about that. I'm not saying he will. I'm stating a fact. He is favored to. And I'm stating the opinion that he's likely to, given conventional measurements and standards and traditions at this moment. But that's exactly why the Republican National Committee has done something extraordinary in the history of America. They are, they are stepping in and stopping. You know what they're doing? This is a prize fight. Okay, pick your favorite sport. This is a baseball game. It's the fourth inning. This is a football game. It's two minutes into the second half. This is a hockey game. Two minutes into the second period. It's a basketball game. Two minutes into the second half. The referees are stopping it. Why? Because there's some guy up in the skybox that doesn't like the way the game is going. He says, well, you know, I've been watching this and the way this looks. Looks like the team that's going to win is not the team I want. So I'm going to stop the game. We're going to have a brokered result. Last night, the NCAA would have had a brokered result. They would have suspended the final two minutes of the game so that a bunch of secret people in cheap suits could broker the basketball championship. That's not what we do in America. And we're doing it. The Republican Party is jumping in to the democratic process right in the middle of it to pervert it. Why? Why are they willing to take the nature and magnitude of this risk? Answer, that's how much they fear Trump or Cruz succeeding. Why? I think we know the answer to why. All I'm saying is all of those factors on the table, how much can any single state matter? Because the Republican Party thinks it's going to fix, quote unquote, it's going to fix the results of you serfs, no matter whom you pick, where. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners on the Blaze Radio Network, we're going to get to Jim and Laura at all in just a moment. In case I forget to mention this, <laughs> in as much as it is Tuesday in this, the Wisconsin primary, the bottom line on Wisconsin, let's forget about the convention for a moment, although, <laughs> you know, <laughs> forgetting about the convention is kind of like saying, I understand you met someone last night. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. We hit it off really well. Yeah, I understand, though, that you're not sure if it was a boy or a girl. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure about that. But that aside, we hit it off really well. Okay. Well, 
Wisconsin, we're not sure if it's a boy or a girl. And it's not really not Wisconsin that's the problem. We don't know whether the convention is going to toss aside everything that we serfs have decided. So putting that aside for a moment, Wisconsin has been a winner picker for 100 years or more. In the modern political era, few, if any, states have done as well as Wisconsin in terms of voting for the eventual party nominee. If you win the Wisconsin primary, chances are you're going to win your party's nomination. Wisconsin has been astoundingly good at that. Picking the winner, I think it's like 95% of the time in the modern political era. It's really, you know, really impressive and kind of a big deal when you when you think about it. But the bottom line is this. If Trump does not win Wisconsin, it would be five losses in a row, five primary losses in a row. So it serves the media, i.e., this is what you'll see. You know, it'll serve the media to say Trump loses momentum, Cruz recasts race. Because in any case, the media wants, mainstream media wants you to think of this as a horse race, no matter what's happening. So they're always going to make it like breathless, like, oh, outcome in doubt. Stay tuned. Okay? So if Trump loses as he's supposed to, they'll say that Cruz has recast the race. I'm not sure he's done that at all, uh, convention notwithstanding. If Trump upsets Cruz, Trump's certainly going to recast the race. If Trump wins tonight, I'm not saying it's over for my guy, Ted Cruz, but it's everyone with access to uh, uh, you know, a medium, everybody in radio, television, internet, radio, everybody, dr- drums, smoke signals, every medium in the world is going to say it's over. Trump reestablishes his inevitable march to the nomination. So that's what's at stake more than anything, the headlines. Laura from Michigan, thank you for your patience. Hi, Jay. How you doing? Hi, Laura. I am well. Thank you. Um, you know, I was listening to uh, the Blaze the other night, and I heard during one of the news breaks uh, Prince Pubis there say that uh, our nominee... Who is that again? Prince Pubis. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but I heard him say that our nominee would definitely be one of the three currently still. Running. Yes. Yes, he did say that. So can we believe him? No. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, could, 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 may, maybe he means it. I don't know, but since... He's been lying about almost everything else. I, you know, I certainly don't believe him. He, I think he's hedging his bet. And I think the one thing they fear, I maybe didn't complete this thought earlier, but very briefly, I, I think, Laura, the one thing the party does fear is if they go so far outside the democratic process that people walk away from the party. And, and, and I think that if they're so tremendously obvious about denying, I think Cruz people will in the end 
come back to the party and vote in, if for no other reason than to try to keep Hillary out. But I don't think the Trump people will. I th- and I don't mean that as an insult. If anything, I mean it as a bit of a compliment. I think the Trump people will say, oh, yeah? <laughs> you know, and I think they realize that to a degree with both of those candidates, but certainly with Trump supporters, they're looking at people. Look, when there was no great fuss with Mitt Romney, five million white Protestants stayed home. Right. That's, that's what was without any fuss or mention. Imagine if there's this open civil war at the convention and Trump arrives with the most delegates. Not enough, but most. And, every, and he doesn't get it. A lot of his people are going to be steamed. Well, I think they're going to be steamed anyway if he doesn't get it. <laughs> right. No, no, that's true. That's true. But there are degrees of steaming, right? You know, if if, right. you, if you see your guy is having lost fair and square, you're going to be angry. And, yes, yeah, some of those people will stay home. Um, but if you see your guy is having been robbed you, to the degree that it's not he who's been stolen from, it's you who's been stolen from, that they right. ignored you. They gave you, not him, you the middle finger. They stole and perverted the democratic process and laughed at you. And that's how a lot of people are going to take this. I think they realize that there is some dynamic at, at you know that works against them on the other side, and that's the one. They have to be, you know, try not to be as obvious about this as they've been so far. <laughs> You know, does anyone have a third reason why they're doing this other than Trump and Cruz? If you could have a nice, smooth democratic process, you could have men and women go to the polls and get excited about somebody and nominate them. Woohoo! And, you know, cruise toward (laughs) battle with victory. uh, Sorry, with Hillary. Why would you not do that if you could? I, I have no idea. Now, can I ask you one more question? You can, but it's going to cost you another two minutes, three minutes on the phone because the satellite's going to take us both and knock our heads together in about five seconds. So, Laura, if you could stay, please do. Laura and other partners rejoin us for reality. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. And my partners, among whom Laura demonstrates even further grace by holding on during the break. Laura, welcome back. Hi. Okay, my question is this. Um, Trump has recently begun talking again about the third party thing, running as an independent. Now, a lot of these states have uh, thorough loser laws. And yes. uh, the um, the deadline to file is is near the primary date to file. So yes. is, one example, is by the way, for people I mean, who not not 
as well versed with this as you. There's a sore loser so-called law in South Carolina. South Carolina is a key to the Republican nomination. Donald Trump won South Carolina, but he hasn't won anything yet. It's like winning the lottery, but you haven't gotten your check. Okay, he won South Carolina, but he has not had those votes cast for him yet. Those delegates cannot cast their votes by the rules governing them unless the person for whom they uh, are or to whom they are committed as delegates has committed to the party nominee. You know, so if 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 Donald Trump walks away from the pledge or I don't know what the criterion is legally. I don't know what if it's something he says, if it's something he does, if it's something he fails to say or do. But at some point you're right. I mean, he he is on paper got the South Carolina delegation behind him, but if he walks away from, you know, if the Republican Party denounces him or vice versa, I'm not sure he does have those delegates anymore even on the first ballot, if the first ballot still matters. Don't forget, folks, they're going to change all the rules one minute before the rule applies. Or they could. Yeah, but if if he decides to run, you know, independent, then I don't even think he can get on the ballot in a lot of these states. Well, you're right. He may not be. And I don't know that he's the independent. The real question is, who's the Republican and who's the independent? I think the plan B, which is, Laura, very much up toward the top of the list, well, as B might suggest, duh. But, I mean, I I think a very active, I don't know how plausible, but a very active plan B under consideration by, what was that chairman's name again? Uh, (laughs) Prince Pubis. (laughs) Prince Pubis, yes. (laughs) Many accolades, by the way, uh, online for your... uh, for your uh, your your moniker there, um, yes, oh, for Mr. You. Pubis, uh, among the, the the active, very active options under consideration is that they run somebody using the apparatus of the Republican Party and call it the Republican candidate, and and actually deny the name, the mantle, you know, the apparatus of the Republican Party, for what that's worth, it could end up being an advantage, you know, to the to the other person. So we don't really know anymore who's the third party. I think we're looking at a, a prospect, Laura, that in six months, five months, four months, the the third party in American politics might be the Republican Party. Uh that would be a sad day, and they will have done it to themselves. I know. Oi, I know. We didn't need this. You know, I mean, we really, we, I mean, I'm loving the excitement, but I, we really didn't. If my team was in first place all season long and then choked down the stretch and all of a sudden had to play in the wild card series, I, I'd go to the games and, and I would say, well, this is great. I get to go to these games, but I really didn't need this. You know, I was. I was just really counting on the championship game. <laughs> I know. Laura, thank you so much for your for your comments. You will be known forever here, whether you like it or not, uh, for your creative nick of the uh, Republican chairman, uh, Rince Pubis, and uh, only a light rinse indeed in his case. Someone said he had been brainwashed, and I remember suggesting only a light rinse was necessary, but your name is much better. 
Jim from Minnesota. Thank you for Just your patience, me. sir. Hey, how you doing, Jay? We're, we're well, thank you. That's good. Just got to step out. I'm uh, working on an ice maker. <laughs> uh, like a Zamboni? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about an ice maker for a refrigerator. Oh, okay. See what immediately leapt to mind? It was yeah, the Gophers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, I'm a uh, appliance repair guy. I have my own business. Well, good for you, and and don't don't oh, neglect yeah. the possible sideline of Zambonis. There are only a few people <laughs> who can fix them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be some different training on that one. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to say I had kind of a sea change uh, this past week, and I wanted to kind of share it with you. Um, Please do. I went to see uh, Miracles from Heaven. Oh, I, I know. I, I, I see the uh, commercials for for it. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, um, it's about a girl that uh, basically uh, had a uh, and disease. No, tell you what, her. though. Pardon me. No, no. Um, don't don't give us any. Don't give anything okay, okay, away. Okay. 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 No problem. But anyway, okay. it talks about a gal that. She's a miracle girl. Basically, a miracle happens, and uh, you know. But anyway, uh, kind of reminded me. We of know that from the commercials. Yeah, it's a young girl. Right, she looks right, like to be about right, eight, right. nine years old, ten years old, and ten years old, actually, she, yeah. she yeah. ten. She has medical problems, and all of a sudden, they 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 seem, uh, quote unquote, miraculously, and under right. the oddest Healed. of circumstances, to to disappear. And that's right. the, sort of the the right the kernel of it. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Right. Well, anyway, uh, I didn't. I don't think I've related to you, but I may have. Uh, my daughter, uh, Michelle, uh, she turned 25 on Father's Day. But uh, when she was born back in 1990, June of 1990, uh, she, my wife, had preeclampsia at uh, the seven and a half month mark. And, you have to explain uh, so that to her... me. I, I don't know what that yep. is. Okay, preeclampsia basically means your blood pressure shoots through the roof. And uh, as a know, result the of the as the as a result pregnancy. as a traumatic result of some episode connected with pregnancy well yeah yeah right right and so what happens of course they have to induce the baby get the baby out of there because uh you know the body of the mother is not taking it well and they give uh, right. but, but whatever happens mother, to the mother happens to the baby right yeah basically yeah they give a hot they give a blood pressure medicine of course to bring her blood pressure down but it's not supposed right. to pass the baby but it does anyway and sure, so anyway uh, my my wife was induced for three days, and finally the baby oh. came, and uh, the delivery went fine uh, as far as, uh, you know, the baby was, uh, you know, sent to the nursery, and all of a sudden, you know, my wife is wheeled back to the room, and I have a chaplain uh, coming to me and saying, uh, would you like to do last rites on your daughter? Oh, no. Yeah. So uh, what happened was she had gone to the uh, nursery, and she, uh, you know, thank God, uh, this, the, the nurse, you know, actually took, uh, kind of got an urging. She said she had kind of like urging to take a round. It wasn't a normal round. Uh, my daughter was blue. Oh, God. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they rushed her right next door is the neonatal intensive care unit, which is one of the best in the United States. And they rushed her in there. They had to put her 100% oxygen. They had to give her a transfusion. They had to give her surfactant for her lungs, which at that time it was experimental, and I had to sign a waiver. So and say, was that uh, for a, a, a fluid fluid buildup? Right, yeah. It's basically for the lungs, the preemie lungs, to develop them. Okay. 
And so anyway, you know, the, the whole thing was a miracle. My daughter pulled through. She spent a month in the neonate intensive care unit there, but she's, you know, fine now. She just uh, graduated, uh, got an accounting degree from uh, a local college, and she already has a job at uh, oh, uh, U.S. Bank. And I just started oh, really goodness. thinking that uh, what I was thinking as far as the whole thing, the premise of the movie was to look at life through the eyes of trying to look at through the eyes of God as far as the miracles that are happening around us, you know, miracle people that are in our lives that are miracles, as well as the miracles we, you know, we encounter day to day, but we don't, you know, we basically remember, you know, see them and then we forget them. If we recognize and, them to begin with. Right, right, right. And, of course, that was the advantage of our founders. And, of course, in the 18th century, they journaled, you know, they wrote everything down. So they you basically remember these and give glory to God. And be you know thankful for this you know how God is basically intervening in our world. And, I, I, uh, don't, so I, I don't share your faithfulness, but mm-hmm. I have spent most especially every day since my first child was born, yeah, wondering about it, more curious about it, mm-hmm. and frankly, uh, envious of yep. those of us who do, who are. I I, mm-hmm. I don't have it yet. I and I Okay. I don't know that I will. But I okay. um it's something I think about. Yep. But anyway, so you know, I started really thinking my daughter and and my relationship has been strained lately. Uh she's raised of course in very liberal Minnesota public schools and uh like I said, I'm very much of a super conservative. And uh, so we haven't been getting along lately, but I started realizing it, you know, that I should be the miracle. Is she yet, may I ask, is she yet, is your darling daughter yet married? No, no, she still lives with us. But she's in the process of moving out. She still lives at her house. Okay, so she's not, she's yet, not yet married, and she's not yet a mother. Nope. Okay. You know, don't you? that there are these phases that may typically strike at younger times, but there is no absolute time for them. I know. (laughs) Uh, Between strong-willed dads and the strong-willed daughters they have created by virtue of their teaching Mm -hmm. of strong will. You know, where did she get this from? You is where she got it from. (laughs) And... Yep. And when your greatest hopes, and you don't need me to tell you this, but your greatest hopes are when she falls in love for real. And who knows when that'll, you know, who really knows, but, yep. but when she does. Yep. But when she has, a, you know, uh, and again, it's none of my business. Uh, I probably mm-hmm. shouldn't be saying this, but my opinion is when she has a child, you you will be reuned. She will. Well, right now nothing we are. Will, nothing will help her see the world through your eyes as mm-hmm. much as having her own little girl or oh, yeah. boy. Yep. Well, we basically buried the hatchet, and I told her that, you know, from now on I'm going to not get involved in these squabbles between us and politics, and things have gone a lot better in my, my home and my Good. Uh, Hey, and life's too her. short. Life's too you short. You got that right. I don't right. care who's president. You, 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 on your deathbed, 
you will not remember nor care That's right. who the president That's was right. during a certain set of years, but mm-hmm. you'll remember every day with who will always be your little girl. Amen, Jay. Amen. Jim, I'm so glad you I'm so glad you held on and um this is the most important conversation I've had today. And uh, oh, I appreciate and that, it it didn't have anything to do with uh Donald Trump, which in and of itself is nearly a miracle. Jim yeah, bless you and your daughter. You. Uh, we don't have the Can time, Jim. Really but to please okay, please call again as soon as you're able and we will do uh part two. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I'm really, uh, I thank all of you, and I, 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 I can't say that I thank Jim more, but in a way I do. It has everything to do with, with my personal, you know, reaction to, uh, to Jim and that his daughter made it and all of that. And, uh, and frankly, you know, we're getting to that stage with, uh, one of the most important human beings on the earth for me that we're getting into that conflict stage. So I, I know whereof I speak and uh, experiencing it for the first time, I must say uh, it's a very alien and it's very hard to take. And it requires all of the judgment that you've got, all the temperance that you can muster to try and place it in perspective because it's you know it's really easy uh, to have a pity party when all of a sudden one of your children exerts the strong will that is perhaps your greatest gift to them, and when it doesn't coincide with your own, and when you know uh, all of a sudden you go from the place on some kind of altar to the person who elicits enormous eye rolls and sharp exhalations of breath. (sighs) Oh, daddy, you know. Uh, So those of you with children who are teenagers know whereof I speak, uh, or you can see it from where you are if you look hard. And if you don't see it yet, good for you. You may be able to avoid that exit off the life highway, but probably not. So I hope I'll be here to talk about it with you when it happens. Tonight, Wisconsin. Prediction, Cruz will win, quote unquote, but he's probably not going to take everything. Uh, If Trump wins or comes within five points or five delegates, it's going to be headlines that say it may be over for Cruz. If Kasich does anything other than resign, it'll be news. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.